Yes, go to sleep with that at night. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is His Majesty, the Emperor, Lord of all things, Tennessee. And that would be the one and only Merzane. What's happening, bud? I, I appreciate that I have regained my title. I didn't know how much I missed it until it was gone. Yeah, truthfully. yeah. It was it was a really dark rain for a little while there, and uh, now that you're back in charge, I think all is right in the world. It, it all is as it should be and should forever be. At uh, least in the world of MCP. Let's. Let, I don't want to get too deep into some other conversations here, but uh, you know, at, at least within the MCP, our little group. <laughs> Just because I don't want that taken in any kind of wrong way. But anyways, we digress. I'm glad to have you back with me, bud. And a lot of suits out there might be wondering, hey, season eight of the TTS thing is about to pop off again. Is this a special report? And uh, no, this is not a special report today. We will be kicking back off special reports soon, but just scheduling and, and a lot of stuff going on. We just hadn't been able to kind of kick it off like we want to and provide the suits with the regular content that y'all have come to expect. So be on the lookout for that soon. But I know you're excited about it, Merzane, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I have a blast recording them. And I, I have a, a list dilemma I was hoping to be able to discuss. If not beforehand, that's great. That's fine. Uh, but I do have a, how we had some last minute changes last season. I do have a few last minute changes to discuss this time. Same. Uh, I'm exactly the same. It's It's kind of, what am I going to do here? But, you know, I'm excited to try it out. It, it's going to be fun, and hopefully we'll be able to get that to you guys soon. But without further ado, we have some huge news to talk about today. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, Crimson Dynamo was spoiled. Let's talk about that, guys. No, we're not talking about that yet. We will be talking about that soon. But I figured I'd wait for another one of the Winter Guard to be spoiled, and then we'll talk about Crimson Dynamo and the other Winter Guard character shortly. But real quick, hot take. I think he's solid. What do you think, Merzane? I think he's okay. I think for a lot of people, the majority of people, if you're splashing a four with his job, you're probably doing Vision. Uh, but I think he is definitely on that same, like, that plane of thought with a, with a good solid beam, um, good power generation. Uh, he's just got a few different things going for him. He's probably a little bit more survivable and a little bit more. Uh, he's able to protect your team a little better with the shocks. Like a beam four shock is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that a lot too. So we'll we'll talk about that another time here. But today we're talking about these massive changes to. I guess you could call it the competitive scene 
But it's not just the competitive scene, because as we've talked about with Atomic Mass Games, with the Wills specifically, you know, all of this stuff that they put out is meant to apply to everyone in a sense of, you know, they just want everyone to be on an equal playing field and enjoy the game at its most fair level, I guess, is the way that I think that these changes are presented. But we're talking about the Challenger event document and the new band and restricted list document that came out. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Merzane, but this kind of came out of nowhere for me. It's it's one of those things where like they've been planting the seeds, right? The card pack, you know, little things here and there. But it did kind of come out of nowhere and drop without much pomp and circumstance from AMG, right? I, I think we could there's rumors that they were gonna do timeline stuff specifically, but nothing like the the full challenger packet, like I wasn't expecting a a full organized play packet. Right, like, exactly. Especially not until new mini extravaganza, right? Like they just kind of said, well, here you go. <laughs> yeah. And and that makes me wonder, is this something that was going to drop or or be talked about during mini extravaganza and then just kind of got changed, but you know, we'll never know. But at the end of the day, they put out this new packet. You can go to the Atomic Mass Games website under organized play not the rules tab, under Organized Play, and check out the Challenger event packet. And I'll just kind of read you the opening line of what the Challenger event is. So in this packet, you will find official rules for running a Marvel Crisis Protocol Challenger event. Challenger events use Swiss rounds for pairings, and are played until a winner is determined. So I'm going to read from from the document itself for now. But, Merzane, this sounds like AMG officially acknowledging the competitive scene within Marvel Crisis Protocol. Is that how you take this? That is exactly how I take it. And, uh, like, just that on its own was enough to make me excited. Like, this, this packet could have been, you know... There could have been nothing in it. It could have literally been a blank document, and all it said was those two lines, and I'd have been fairly happy because it is, it to me, it's an acknowledgement that like people are playing the game competitively. There is a, a a group of people, or are multiple groups of people coming together to like take their game to the next level, and play it at that at that level. And uh, it's nice to finally feel like you know they've they've directly officially acknowledged it rather than kind of halfway talking about it and you know oh you know we're not really sure people do that with this game or whatever so that that was enough for me that's all i've ever really wanted yes and and that's the thing like we're going to talk about this in kind of stages today but i think it's really wonderful to see amg be like hey the competitive scene exists for this game because for a long time it was and it, and it still is. Don't get me wrong. Like if you're pretty new to Crisis Protocol and everything and you just bought your core box, you know, nothing in your core box is invalidated. You you know, you want to play drop off, play drop off. You want to play hired muscle, play hired muscle. That's not a core box, but you know what I mean. You want to play those things, play those things. Who cares ultimately as long as your opponent's okay with playing things that are quote unquote banned and restricted. It doesn't matter. This game still is that beer and pretzels, that chill, roll some dice, do some crazy stuff game it is still 100% that and the only thing this document does is 
instead of requiring the community to make whatever rules for events and and try to kind of appease everyone with the community document that I know Nate was working on. I think you had some input on it. Just it, all of this different stuff. It's the company saying, hey, we acknowledge that there is a competitive scene and here's how we think it should go. I think one of the big benefits of that, because you talked about like the community thing, the community packet and everyone being like everyone having to come up with their own. Uh, this means that like, if you don't play very competitively, if you play casually, and your friends decide, hey, we're going to go do this thing in another in another state, in another city, another county, whatever. All, the, all this does is mean everyone plays under one unified rule set. Everyone should be playing, or if it says challenger event, you can go look at those exact rules, and you know that just about every challenger event you go to will play like this. That's it. And it's so good. That And that's that. exactly it. You don't have to worry about trying to find some hidden document on the internet. Yeah. Or what's the house rule here? Like, oh, do they allow take backs or this or that or the other? This tells you exactly how they're going to handle those things. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think it's a really well written document overall. And, you know, I, I want to start now kind of like we'll get into the, the minutia of this document here. But mm -hmm. to new players, right, like I said a second ago, to, to someone that just picked up their core set or has only been playing for a few months, just really casual, you know, oh, hey, Marvel Crisis Protocol Nights, Tuesday night at your local shop. You go, you roll some dice, you throw a list together, you have some fun. You know, this doesn't really have a ton of bearing on you. However, there is a new banned and restricted list that your shop might honor. You know what I mean? So yeah. in terms of that and in terms of what's available as part of, the entirety of the community thing, I guess you could say, is is that ban and restricted list and how this document, the challenger event document, and that kind of thing are all combined one-on-one, -on -one, right? They're, they're all together. But if you're new and you're coming in here and you're like, what is this challenger event stuff? You know, we're going to break it all down and, and go for that. But just realize that this might be geared more towards the competitive community, but it is still something that is worth looking at and at least familiarizing yourself with because, you know, even if you're not wanting to win an event, I mean, who doesn't want to win when they do an event, I guess, but like, look, I've been to enough events where, Hey, I'm here to try out this specific thing in a competitive environment. Let's see if it works. Like I, that's something I've done and I think that's fine. And if you're one of those people that's maybe like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to, Go have fun, roll some dice, you know, ne not necessarily expecting to win. Maybe just, hey, if I win a, if I win one game, if, if whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever kind of mindset you're in going into an event like that, this kind of a document here is going to be able to help you figure out what you need, help you be able to expect how pairings are going to work. Because that's one of the things for me that when I walked into my first competitive event in Guild Ball, I was like, what? is happening <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so it, it's it's one of those things where this this document regardless of of your play level it evens out the playing field and the knowledge that you're going to need to have walking into something yeah exactly so everyone should be on the same page because we have the same information available now 
Exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and break this thing down a little bit. And the, the first part of this is the player responsibilities, right? And that just means bring the minis that AMG makes, the cards, the dice, you know, the measuring tools thing I think is really nice how it says you can bring third-party measuring tools. Basically, you just have to make sure it's okay with the TO and that if you're going to use them and there's a discrepancy, you have to have the other ones available. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's really standard for a lot of games like this. Uh, I think it's good that they're not being super gung-ho about using specifically their measuring devices because there's some really good third-party ones uh, out there. I, I own one. I've seen some some from other uh, other companies that are all really good. So it, it's nice that they're letting their community make things for their game. Absolutely. And not be punished for it. Absolutely. Speaking of making things for the game, I'm going to do a short plug here. Check out the House Party Protocol painting competition. You could win either a model box or a set of movement and range tools from Cago 2. If you check that out, it's the pinned post on top of our Facebook page. All the links and necessary information is right there. Or if you're in our Discord community, it is the pinned post on the painting tab within our Discord community. So check that out. I'll plug more stuff later. But yeah, so that's the measuring tool seemed like the right time to plug that. <laughs> See, so, now, now I have to do uh, paint Omega Red, don't I? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing that there's a theme. So if he fits within the theme, yeah. Oh, ooh, now I'm going to have to read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other thing I like here is that the, the, they talk about tokens, roster, you know, those are kind of standard things within the, the Marvel Crisis Protocol landscape. You know, use the tokens they have, but you can have proxies as long as they meet the requirements, right? And then the roster, we all know, or, and if you're new, we're going to tell you 10 characters, 10 tactics cards, six crisis cards, three of each secure and extract. There you go. That's your roster right there. So have fun with that. But I like how they talk about specifically here, sportsmanship and missed opportunities. Like those two things specifically are covered in this document. Look, at the end of the day, don't be an a-hole. And, and look, we all get frustrated when the dice don't go our way at times. I mean, if there, if you could see my face right now, I'm, I'm like pointing at myself of getting frustrated <laughs> when the dice don't go. You know, when you try to kill Clea off the rip, I will never not let that go, by the way. I'm sure if, if you're new here to this podcast, you're like, what is he talking about? Just, I, I basically gained three power with Clea as part of her superpower, rolled my five dice, had four skulls. She has five health. There you go. And I did that live on stream in a cuts game for season seven of TTS. It, yeah, it, it was tragic. <laughs> it, it was, it was wonderful. You know, it is what it is. You do what you do. Dice are going to dice, right? But uh, you know, that kind of stuff happens and you can let that boil over to where it affects your opponent's game or you can, you know, have your tilt, deal with it, you know, get a little frustrated, but don't take it out on the other player. I think is what the sportsmanship thing specifically references here and you know if you've ever been to a live event with me sometimes I will have expletives come out it happens it's real you know it it's frustrations but that happens and then it's done 
you know, and, and we move on. We have a good time. And you have my favorite expletives at all of our Tennessee events that we go to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, but it's never like, I'm never like cussing at my opponent. You know what I mean? Like I would no. never do that. I would never turn around to my opponent and blame them for something that my dice did. Like, like that is the sportsmanship thing. Right. And, and yep. that's, that's what they're getting at here. And, you know, at the end of the day, I would say for everyone, just, just be a normal person. Just, just be nice and, and be kind and play the game. Right. Yeah. We're, we're all coming to this event to play a game with little plastic miniatures and acrylic paints on them and super glue and weird neoprene colorful mats with lots of plastic buildings and cars and stuff like we're we're here to have a good time <laughs> and you know being a jerk is not part of being a good time for everyone else exactly exactly so you know i like they covered that and then the next one missed opportunities so uh what you said earlier about take backsies you know mm-hmm. it, casually i'm all for take backsies right especially if you're like learning and and you're trying to like hey i'm trying to like tune my list trying to play casually you know, I'm, I'm having a good time. And especially like if your opponent, that's something that you and your opponent, like on a casual game night should agree to, you know, Hey, what's this takes backsies thing. And like, if you're the player that messes something up and you want to take it back and your opponent says, no, it's within their right. It's within their right to say no. Yep. Totally agree. So, you know, I, I do like that. They, they labeled this here though. It's like, look, if the, opportunity for something has already passed then it's passed and you've got to you know play the game i just i like that yeah it's good to to have that spelled out um now like i'm not saying i'm encouraging people to allow take backs but i definitely allow myself a lot of the time for like a little bit of a margin of error for people like oh yeah like nothing's happened yet like you said you ended your activation and i'm thinking about my turn you said, wait, I wanted to do this thing. Typically, I'll be like, yeah. yeah. Like, after you roll dice or you move a model or something, that's typically, you're done with that. We're, right. we're past that. Right. And, but that's and, just me, and I don't encourage anyone to take that up along with me. That is just me saying that's how I play. No, I, I think that that's, that's fair. And again, I think it's all about the the moment-to-moment situation, you know, the 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 mm-hmm. situation on the board, all of this different stuff, right? Like, and, and I'm with you. That's kind of my typical mode of play too. If I haven't done anything, if I'm standing there waffling like I always am, and my opponent's like, oh crap, I want to do this thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the time I don't have a problem with it. If we're like in top cuts at an event, then maybe I'm going to be like, but yeah, it's just, in general, in general, I'm, you know, pretty easy going like that. So, you know, what? One thing I do want to mention before we move on, um, something I really like, it's the last line. Players are expected to refrain from intentionally distracting or rushing an opponent with the intent of forcing a missed opportunity. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Like, that's and that's another thing that goes back to the thing about newer players, right? So if you're a newer player out there and you're going to your first event... It can feel overwhelming. I'm, I know. I remember my first event. I remember what it was like 
walking in to all of these seasoned players that clearly knew each other and had traveled around. And I'm walking in there, got my models all painted up. Yes, I painted my Guild Ball models. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> they looked dope, too. Maybe I'll show some pictures one day. But I, I was really nervous walking in there. And, you know, everyone was, was nice. Everyone was chill. And, and they knew I was a newer player in terms of the scene and everything. Like, our local Guild Ball meta was, like, me and two other dudes. And we just beat up on each other. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of experience into other teams and whatnot. But I was super nervous because I was a decent player, I felt like. And, you know, a couple times felt a little rushed. And then I realized, you know, what was happening and everything. And like, look, it is what it is. Sometimes it can feel maybe like that if you're the experienced player waiting on a newer player to like make a decision can probably feel uh, boring bad I don't know the word I want to use here because but you know what I mean if you're that player but I had a game recently in the tournament here and there was a newer player Jack really nice guy and I hope I never I didn't make him feel uncomfortable or anything I don't feel like I did he didn't give me the any indication that I did but I really liked watching him work through his process watching him work through his decision makings as an experienced player it was cool to see a less experienced player go through those decision-making problems. And, you know, it was the last round of the, the thing, and we neither of us were going to make the top thing. So I actually talked him through a few things, but I asked him, I said, hey, do you want to talk strategy while we play at all? And he said yes. And so this here was one of those times where it, it allowed me to kind of not feel rushed and not feel disengaged and to put that onto him. And, and that just comes from, I think experience more than anything, but this right here, I think is really good because a lot of times there's mind games and stuff like that, that people can try to play in a hyper competitive environment that could feel like this right here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's exactly why I like that line because it is, in the rules now hey don't try to mind game your opponent out of like missing an activation or missing missing a trigger or something like that's literally now against the rules exactly because I, I think that i think that probably has its place in other games i play Yu-Gi-Oh, and a big part of that game is hidden information and trying to be deceptive in a game where they t basically tell you you cannot lie to your opponent <laughs> <laughs> right uh, but that's just how the game is literally designed to be with a lot of hidden information. This game has no hidden information. Uh, and it's not built to have a lot of deceptive mechanics. I don't think there's really supposed to be any deceptive mechanics. Um, so I, I, I like that they're basically like, hey, yeah, don't do that. Cut that out. Like, don't, don't do that to people. It's not good for them. It's not good for you. Exactly. Just play correctly. Exactly. And, and again... This document is meant to be for competitive stuff, but at the end of the day, like you said, we're pushing around plastic people with paint on them, and it's meant to be fun. So, so this is this is all like, it's just, man, they did a good job with this, and and yeah, yeah we we both will have our criticisms, but they did a good job overall. The last thing I'm going to talk about on this part of it right here is the margin of error part, because I think that's really nice. Of like, look, 
things are going to get bumped. It's a table with little plastic people on it. Things are going to get bumped. Do the best you can to play clean. If you have any problems with it, you can call over what they call a watcher, which is a judge or the event organizer to take a look at it. I like that. I do too. I I don't like them being called watchers. (laughs) I know. It's uh, really kind of weird. Like, uh, (laughs) I I went and saw the black phone recently and like, yeah, the the bad guy and that's called the grabber. And I feel like the watcher is just this side of the grabber. (laughs) It's the, it's the part before the grabber, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I, I think it was shadow Marvel from our podcast was talking about, uh, someone was talking to me about like, watchers aren't supposed to interfere, right? Like they're just supposed to sit there and watch. They have literally made an oath to stand, to, to observe. Uh, but a judge at a tournament's not supposed to do that. They're supposed to interfere. Right. (laughs) A little mixed signal here. Exactly. Exactly. So either way, I, I like that they cover that and all of that stuff here. And, the event organizer responsibilities, I don't think we really need to cover. Like, look, if you're running an event, read this document, I think is is the best way I could say because we hear, uh, you know, I know that there's people that listen to this podcast that are event organizers. That's great. I appreciate that. But I don't think we need to get too much into the minutia here. Swiss pairings. The only thing I think is really, really interesting is that if a player is assigned a buy, and this, this, I think, is the most interesting part right here. If a player's assigned a buy due to the pairings and an odd number of players or whatever, you get counted as a win and 14 victory points. Yes. I uh, really like that. Yes. Because um, before, we've been having to guess, like, what should, what should that be? Like, how should you tiebreak this? And I think that's a really good system. I think there's also one... If someone concedes, you do 14 points to their current score, whichever's highest or something. Yep, it's on here, right? Uh, so end of match, concession. One player voluntarily concedes the match. Conceding player receives a loss, and their opponent receives a win. The winning player receives 14 VPs or the current total, whichever is greater. Yes. But don't and- be colluding. Yes. Do <laughs> not collude to get someone that you are friends with up to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Don't uh don't offer to take your opponent out to dinner if they give you the win. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, I'll buy you a beer when this is over, dude. Let me let me get this win. Let me get this let me get this top table, see if I can steal Merzane's crown. Oh no. <laughs> oh, is no, that what no, happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> so No, definitely not. Yeah. Matt definitely kicked butt all the way to finals and almost uh, kicked my butt too. He was he his yeah. He's good, man. And and I'm I'm really happy that some of these changes that we're going to talk about with the band of list happened because dealing with him and that list, <laughs> it's like, yes. well, well, it's directly affects you. However, at the same time, I don't think it hurts him in the least, like in, in totality, it just takes away his best, most broken situation. Yeah. Like there are some really, uh, really dirty tricks he can pull. But even outside of those, that list is strong, and he's been practicing it a lot. It's exactly. very scary. Exactly. So uh, let's talk about tiebreakers, because that's also a really important part of any event you go to. So the tiebreakers, I feel like it's really nice that they outlined here what the tiebreakers are for an event, because I've kind of tooled around Longshanks a little bit, just looking at different events, 
and not every event has the same tiebreakers. And what they do here is strength of schedule, victory points total, victory points, which I think is really interesting, and then random. So they have three levels of tiebreakers, but I really like that it's strength of schedule first because, it, look, that's a, a math equation that I'm not going to sit here and do. However, there's software that does it. Looking at you, Longshanks. So I'm glad that it's there. If you want the quick and dirty, it's all of your opponent's wins equal your strength of schedule. Like, basically. Well, there you go. But... uh. There's probably more, there's more to it depending on the strength of schedule you use, but that's that's the the long and short of it. Your qual your quality of opponents or your your opponent's performance determine your first tiebreaker after wins. Exactly. So if you played good opponents that did well, you had harder wins, and so you have a higher standing. If you played against uh, not as experienced opponents who didn't perform very well, you had an easier path to your three and one, and your score goes down. Exactly. So. Yeah. Either way, I'm just glad that it's outlined on what to use at an event right here because this is always one of those things that's a, a really good question. Like, is margin of victory a better tiebreaker? First of all, I don't think it is. Someone it's out not. there might think so. But but look, it's I'm glad it's laid out in the document is all I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said margin of victory because that is the primary reason I love this is that margin of victory is not anywhere on this this sheet yeah i because I, I, I do not think it's a great tiebreaker i'm glad that this is that strength of schedule is the tiebreaker for reference no tiebreaker is perfect i don't think strength of schedule is the end of the world we'll never have a better one uh if someone comes up with a better one i'd love it because i think all of them have their own problems but i think for the ones that i have been presented with strength of schedule is my favorite exactly exactly so all of that so we've got the other couple of things here that we're going to talk about. You've got watchers, which is your judges, head watchers, which again, like I feel like they could have come up with something a little better in the name here, but I get it. I like get accusers? It. Accusers. There you go. Let's see. That was taken, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so dark Illuminati. No, um, you got those, which, you know, basically just judges. You'll know when you go to an event who those people are. If you have any questions, you know, ask those guys. Another thing here is event points, which I think is interesting. Instead of just straight win-loss record, giving event points. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm sort of torn on event points. Um, partially because I'm not really under, I don't really understand their purpose for most events, right? So, like, if you're going to a cut situation and you want. And I'll use the league, for example. We had a discussion about how we should handle league event points in our new um, our new document. So if you want five and one records to make it to a cut scenario, which is all event points really do. Right. Um, well, and and, and then, let's, let, me, let me go ahead and note. Event points are three for a win, zero for a loss, one for a draw. And the player with the most at the end of the event wins. And your your primary placing is event points. And then if you have the same event points as someone else, that's when you get a strength of schedule and other tiebreakers. Exactly. Um, I like and dislike them because, like I said, there's it, it adds some more granularity other than you just win or you lose. Right. Um, 
there is a draw mechanic for it, which is fine, but draws are weird in this game and very unlikely. Um, so and getting back to the cut scenario, so if you want five and one to make it to the final, to, to the cuts, so that would be 15 event points. Five wins and a, and one loss is 15 points, which is, it's literally just the same as saying five and one. But if you want to put some granularity and have like a chance for people who draw to get in, which I think is what the points are for, you could say 13. That would be if you win four, you lose one, and you draw one, you make it in. Or if you win five and lose one. Mm. The yeah. issue I have with that is that encourages players who are four and one on the final round to just say, not colluding, but just say, hey, we both make it in. You want to go, uh, you, you just want to skip this round? And then say yes, and that is legal. Uh, because there is also a rule in the packet, I don't remember exactly where, that says, uh, oh, it's in the draw. If both players decide not to play the match for any reason, which doesn't include collusion, of course. Of course. Uh, you, then they will get a draw, and they're both in. Oh. Which, which I don't really like, um, but it's fine. Like Event points are fine. I think that they're unnecessary. If someone finds a good use for them or tells me a better use for them than I'm thinking of, I would love to hear it. Okay. Well, yeah, so something to think about, but it's just something I felt like was worth mentioning because I felt it was one of those interesting things that they decided to go with over just straight records. So anyways. It is. I like where they're going with it, if that says anything. like yes. I like the idea of this. I want to see it expanded more. Yes. Agree. So the last thing on this document is timelines. So Merzay, let me ask you, would you rather go ahead and talk about timelines or do you want to talk about criticisms of the rest of the document then go into timelines? Let's talk about the rest of the document first because I think timelines could be uh, like the entire, will and probably could be the rest of the cast. Like You're probably right. Because it ties into the next subject as well. You're probably right. So I'll let you start. Let's just go back and forth. What's a criticism you have of this document overall? Or, or I mean, you can lavish praise upon it, too. I, I do want to put a lot of praise on it, partially for its existence, like we said earlier, and partially for stuff like sportsmanship. And, and so, there's so many little things I love. Uh, but I do want to get, like, a couple of things off my chest. So one of them is the, the round timers. Under uh, event organizer responsibilities, we have a little subsection called Swiss round timers. And... Round timers are a, ne a necessary part of any event. Uh, you know, if you go to your local game store to plan a tournament, they close sometime, and the employees have to go home, and every other player in the event wants to go home, and they can't be sitting around waiting for you to play a three-hour game of Marvel Crisis Protocol round one. Or five-hour And then one. round two. Or, or five, five hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, it needs to move at a certain pace, and then even even bigger tournaments that uh, that take place at like a convention center or a, like a hotel or something, they got to be out of there at a certain time. Like they paid for the space, they're renting it. We literally cannot be there all night. We have to leave at a certain time in order to get you know for them to not have to like pay extra and all this other nonsense. So round timers are necessary so that event organizers can have the event move at a steady pace and so that everyone can get home to their families at a decent hour. Um, their recommendation is 90 minutes. If your game is not concluded when the timer runs out, you finish the current round and calculate scores. I'm fine with that. That's fantastic. 
I think that works really well. My one issue is that there is another rule that says to create a variable game length, roll five dice, add one minute for every crit and wild, and keep the uh, time secret so players don't know the time. That's the part I really don't like. I don't like that. I think that is a holdover from previous systems where you would call what's called dice down. Timer ends, dice down everybody. What's your current score or score like it's the end of the round? That is, and that's the thing we did at, you know, at, um, up in Memphis uh, a couple weeks ago. It is dice down, you score like it's the end of the round. But the timer was on display over the table area yep. the entire time. The, the one issue with it being shown for dice down is that sometimes people will slow play to get to the end of the match faster because they're in a lead at a leading position. And I don't think anyone did this at the event. Uh, I didn't hear any complaints about that. And most games didn't go to time. Most games in this game won't go to 90 minutes, believe it or not. Um, so I understand if it was going to be a dice down scenario, why you would create a variable time length. So players can't like time it themselves and you can keep it secret. But with the with the conclude the time and then finish the round, I don't think there's any reason for a variable time link, and I think it's really important that everyone knows how long the timer is. Uh, I, I think it's I think those two conflict, and I would like to see that specifically get changed. I'd like the variable time length taken out because I think that the problem it tries to solve is already solved. Sure. And you don't need it. So so let's talk about this for a second. So if you've never been to an event before. Usually what will happen, at least the ones that I've been to, is you'll see a, a round timer or they'll announce what the time is, something like that. Like, oh, you've got hour and a half round or hour 45 is what we did here in Memphis. And it'll either be displayed or your event organizer will give like call outs like 10 minutes or, or 30 minutes remaining kind of stuff. Right. I actually really like that kind of stuff. Like I'd. I don't necessarily want it to be displayed because I agree with you that there's possibility that someone could game that system in a way like sees what the round's going to score. They've got five minutes left so they could potentially, but not saying they do, but could potentially be a little shysty with that. So mm -hmm. I, I do like that, that it, if it's a hidden clock, it at least is like, hey, you've got 30 minutes left. You know what I mean? Like, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I definitely think that that's fine, too. Uh, I, I, It's just to me, like, a, a an event isn't an event unless you hear an organizer say five-minute warning or something, right? Like, Right. Like, when you walk into a store and you hear that five-minute warning, you're like, ooh, they're playing a tournament. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I will say I would have liked – I understand why they didn't do it, and they may never do it in a challenger packet. Um, I would have liked to have seen a uh, an optional rule for chess timers. Um, oh, absolutely! I, they've gone on. They've gone on record and said they don't really think chess timers work for this game. I respectfully disagree, um, which is why I don't think it's on there. Um, but I would have loved to have seen that, just to see so, what, what they would envision like as a good time per player, and maybe how to like resolve those uh, potential issues that can come with that. So, uh, I think that that's one of those things. I agree with you. I, I like chess timers. I understand why people think that they don't work for this game. There's too many back and forth interactions within the, just the attack sequence has a ton of back and forth interactions. So, you know, when are you going to flip over to your opponent's clock? All that stuff. I get that. But 
And I, I think the reason why they wouldn't include something like that in a document like this is because this is supposed to be the official thing. This is what AMG says is the thing to play their game, right? And if they include an option like that, I feel like they'd have to include how to use that option and people could get caught up in that minutia really bad and yeah. it could create a, a an interesting situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it, like there's a lot of baggage to chess timers. Um, really the problem isn't it, part of the problem is the amount of interaction, but if you've ever watched Blitz Chess, uh they're constantly slapping that clock back and forth. It's crazy. Um but the real problem is the shared phases like power phase and like uh points and stuff, like the cleanup phase. Like there's so there's a lot of shared times that doesn't really have like a a true right. here's the player right um and those can be a little weird on clock like do you pause do you break it down further which you'd have to have rules to break it down into individual times and then like is it really fair that you had to resolve your cleanup phase with two seconds left on the clock even though like you know all this stuff so that's what i would have liked to have seen addressed but i i agree like this is the official document they don't really like it i don't think they really like the chess clock for this game Probably yeah. will never see it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I do think that this is probably one of the rules people will ignore the most. The the overall uh, timer rule. And cool. will add their own. I, like I, they'll, they'll probably ignore the the quit, crit wild and maybe do chess clocks. Yeah. I can see that. But let me ask you this, though. So a 90-minute timer. So it's an hour and a half, right? I've been to enough yep. events at this point where, sure, most games should be done in an hour and a half, but like the round total round from, from start to finish to clean up and starting to set up for the next round is usually about two hours is, is what is budgeted. And if you're allowing for a round to end and granted, let's say that me and you were playing a game and you had seven activations and I had five activations and now we're down. It's the end of the game. It's round six. We're tied or something. Whatever kind of caveats we want to add onto here. But what if like we're in this game and now all of a sudden like we got to finish this round, but we just started round six. That could yep. be another 20 minutes. I think that's why it's an hour 30 and not an hour 45 because at an hour 45, we did dice down at an hour 30, you get a potential extra, like you said, 15, 20 minutes, which makes the game roughly clock out at about an hour 45, which is why I think it ends at about an hour 30. And then you had a variable timer could make it take a little bit longer on top of that. Um, and then it also has rules to, you know, when you give up pairings and people get to their seats, you don't immediately slap the clock and say, go, uh, you right. let everyone start getting set up, maybe even let a couple games get started. And then you set, then you let it go. Um, so I think it's more than enough time given you play the final round. Um, that is coming from someone who uh, typically finishes his games first. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, that's. I think that an, I think that that system is enough time given the extra round um, that you potentially get at the end. Uh, it does. It is rather unfortunate if you uh, if you're getting to the end of a round, like it's the last activation, and someone's in the lead, and you need like literally a minute and a half more, and the timer ends. Yeah, and it's like oh man, the next turn was going to be the 
you know, the swing turn or whatever. Uh, but that's just time rules. It's better than other games, trust me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. And and I think that it's a good thing because I've definitely had games in events where it's like, oh, man, if this went another round, I don't know if I'd have pulled it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so. And, and exactly why, one of the reasons you're not supposed to see the timer, just because you can slow play or play fast or whatever. Um, right. Cough, cough. Chess clocks don't do that. Cough, cough. But <laughs> And to be, to be fair, I am a slow player. Like I, it's just, if we play in a, in a real life event, just realize it is not me trying to do anything. It's me just literally being indecisive as hell. So, yeah, there's a difference between slow play and being a slow player. Right. I, I am a slow player. But anyway, so I, I'm with you in terms of like an overall criticism of this document. Right. Is is that part right there? And then. Other than that, though, I don't really have. Any complaints, I mean. They talk about terrain a little bit and how the, the event organizers should make sure the terrain is kind of uniform, having stuff written underneath. That's great. All that stuff, like, I, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overlooking something, but do you feel like that I'm, I'm missing something in terms of uh, another bit of frustrations here? Because overall, I think that was the biggest thing when I read this document initially that kind of stuck out to me was the hidden timer and the fact that you finish the round, like I'm not frustrated that you finish the round out, but I just understand if you're going to an event that that is now the default is to finish a round, not dice down. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's going to surprise a few people. I think the only other thing I, I would change besides, you know, talking about event event points, I think that it's the system's fine. It just needs to be fleshed out more maybe, or maybe I just need to understand it better. I'm totally willing to say I'm just being stupid and don't understand it. Like, <laughs> totally, totally viable option. Um, the only other thing I really don't like that, you know, I'm not maybe being nitpicky about, like, watchers, um, is the final tiebreaker being random. Um, granted, if you make it through event points to strength of schedule to victory points and you're still tied and you have to go to a third tiebreaker, uh, like that's a really rare occurrence, but random just feels bad, right? Like, yeah, it's probably somewhat random, whatever this uh, tiebreaker is anyway. But giving players some sense of control, even that deep down, will feel better when it finally comes up than someone going, well, I guess we flip a coin for it. Right. Because that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't feel good. Like, yeah. you know, especially if it's for a, like to determine who gets into a cut or something. And again, very unlikely, but anytime random is a tiebreaker, I'm just like, mm, you you could have made that something relevant. Right. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, I think that's really fair. But uh, other than that, yeah, I think that's all she wrote for this document here. Yep. I, I think it's a, I think it's overall very well done. Uh, even through my criticisms, I, I, I don't have a lot of major complaints and most of the major complaints I have, most people are either going to ignore, I think, or will edit themselves at their events, you know, a little <laughs> exactly. bit. Exactly. And that's another thing I, I do want to hit on here is while this is the rule of law per the company, whatever event you go to, they might have something different. They might use chess clocks. They might do a different thing to determine points. You know, who knows what other thing they might do. So just realize that if you go to an event and it, 
and they they don't specifically say it's a challenger event or or whatever i don't know how they would label it but just realize people still have autonomy when they run an event this is just hey if you're running an event this is how amg thinks an event should play out and mm-hmm. i know for me personally i'm not going to shy away from going to an event just because they aren't sticking to this document 100%. However, I do want to see that at an event, uh, it's like, okay, well, here's what we changed. If there's any conflicts, we will reference the document or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I think that, like, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, and I think you mentioned too, like, this is, this is going to help, like, uniformity because people will know what to expect. People will still edit it, like you said, but they, and also, like you said, they should post it and you should be able to read that. Exactly. And that's exactly Just, it. So people don't think, well, y'all, y'all said it would be uniform, and now you're saying it's not like it should still be. <laughs> <laughs> you right. you have the general outline. Uh, the minutia might change a little bit. You know, like you said, the round timers and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I forgot what I was going to say right after that. But um, it's a good thing. <laughs> it happens. It's positive no matter what I said. Yes. So, anyways, suits. Let us know what you think of the challenger document here and how you feel like it might apply to some of your games. Also let us know if you're a newer player, how you feel like this affects you because I'm really excited to hear about that kind of stuff. And the way you can let us know how you feel is send us messages on our Facebook page. At any point you can send us a message via the messenger feature over there. I don't know how it works, but it, it, it happens. People do it. So Send me messages over there on Facebook and let's just have a conversation because I love talking to everybody about this kind of stuff. I think it's really fun to get everybody's opinions and whatnot over there. Comment on our posts on Facebook over there at House Party Protocol Podcast over on Facebook and uh, make sure to like the page so you get updates whenever we make a post or something like that. And uh, also, if you're interested, you can check out our Patreon page to get access to our Discord. It's patreon.com slash house party protocol and over there you get access to our discord for as little as a dollar a month which is 12 bucks a year so it's pretty cheap we have the greatest community i absolutely love it it's active but it's not like blowing you up all the time but we're having a good time everyone's really kind we get talks about tactics talks about rosters people just post pictures of their painting you know it's always a great time i really love the Discord channel and everything, and it's just something's always fun to be talked about over there and whatnot. And of course, we have our own little in jokes, which you can come and be a part of. You know, the Breakfast Club basically is uh, <laughs> happening right now. We've got uh, the Pancake Warriors, the the Bacon Elite. You know, all of this fun stuff. The scrambled Eggs, Sonata. I don't know. Is that a thing? It's I, I have that. been out of the loop on that one. I, I just know that every now and then. It's not just your Discord. It's every Discord, but someone will tag me with a picture of Omega Red's arms. Oh, definitely. Look. All the time. Oh, yeah. Come, come tag me with pictures of Omega Red's arms. Well, so that's the, the next thing, right, is I was going to make a tab that's like Merzane's Omega Red, but I felt like what you could do is just mute that, and then you would never see it. So what's the better way to do it is just literally tag you randomly with pictures of Omega Red. So, suits out there, regardless of whether you're in the HPP Discord or not, anytime you have an opportunity to tag Merzane with an Omega Red, don't 
don't tell him, hey, Merzane, this is an Omega Red picture, because he just won't look at it. You got to be sneaky about it. It's like, oh, Merzane, check out this thing I just found. Boom. It's Omega Red Arms. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now what, what will happen. You don't have to say anything. You can just tag at Merzane with it. What will happen is my Discord notifications will get so full. Like, because they just, they naturally do. Like, I don't get to, I don't get to preview what, what's being tagged at me most of the time. <laughs> I just pull up my app and I look at all the servers. I'm like, oh, I've got a notification in the server and some random thing. Like, it's either an at everyone or someone's wanting me to see something cool. And I always click it and it's Kenny sending me Omega Red's arms. There you go. And I'm like, I should really have known that was going to be the case, but I will always check it anyway. It's because it's your favorite thing. It's your favorite thing. Don't even, don't lie. But anyway, I'm just a, I'm just a fool. <laughs> just, I just forget every time. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. Just send Omega Red picture, pictures to Merzane. There you go. And anyways, so you can check that out. You can also send us emails at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, I'll plug it again here, the painting competition. If you're in our Discord, the pin post under the painting tab gives you all the information you need. You can check out House Party Protocol episode 101 for a bigger breakdown on the entirety of the contest. But basically, we're doing a painting competition. You submit some pictures to a Google form we have, and it's a theme of Shadowlands. So go to the interwebs, Wikipedia, find the list of all the characters from the Shadowlands and try to paint up one of those characters. You know, try to challenge yourself, have some fun with it. Send over your pictures when you're done and we've got a panel of judges that will 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 go through it and we'll pick a winner. And there's a scoring, you, you, you'll know how you're scored if there's a, a link to that as well. And check the description of this show. All of this stuff is linked, so check all of that stuff out. Now, Merzane, <laughs> let's talk about the kind of a big deal thing, right? I think it's the bigger deal. The bigger deal. And that is timelines. So this is what we all were kind of waiting on, holding our breath on. At one point, they were like, oh, you've got timeline events, you know, this set, that set might be available. And when I say set, if you look at your tactics cards, you'll see set symbols on them. There's a Spider-Man, a Thor hammer, like a city block, an X-Men one. Who knows what else is going to come out? But that's what I mean when I say set symbols, right? So yep. we we were originally told you're going to have like a standard event or this, you know, you can use different ones and then you're going to have unlimited. And unlimited was implied that it was going to use whatever the current banned and restricted list was and then anything else is available. Like they're, they're, it's what it was implied as, right? Mm -hmm. Well. We now know that we have a standard timeline and an extended timeline. So if you're doing a challenger event, they should outline which of these timelines you're going to use, standard or extended, in, in the announcement for it. So the standard timeline, the following items may be included in standard rosters, all characters. Team Tactics cards with the following symbols. The Hammer, Mjolnir, the City Block, and the X-Men. No Spider-Man symbols are going to be included with the Team Tactics cards for a standard event. Crisis cards with the following set symbols. Spider-Man, Mjolnir, 
Hammer, if you don't know who Mjolnir is, and the city block and the X symbol. Infinity gems with the Mjolnir hammer symbol can be included. So basically standard, everything's good except for tactics cards that have the Spider-Man set symbol. Now, there are cards that have that set symbol that were also reprinted as part of the card pack. Yes. Now, what symbols on the card pack cards, Rosane? The uh, Meow Meow symbol. The Meow Meow. Uh, uh, also, keep in mind, some other cards got reprinted in other sets, like uh, Grievous Wounds is one I've seen tossed around as being only in the Spider-Man set, but it was, it's also in the X-Men set in uh, Omega Red, funny enough. That's right. My, uh, my, my nemesis. Right. Uh, another one that comes to mind for me is uh, Face Me. It has a Spider-Man symbol on it, but it was reprinted as part of the card pack, so there you go. But uh, yep. you, uh, I think there's a few different ones, but basically just keep an eye out there. If it's in the card pack, you know it's good. Like, yep. And that list is available online on the Atomic Mass Games website. You can just Google it. It's, it's out there as in terms of, of what's in that pack. And if it's in that pack, you know it's good for now until we get another update at some point. Mm-hmm. Now then, timeline extended. This is the cage match, no holds barred, Anything goes, hit him with the chair, you know, I got you for two minutes, you know, kind of thing. And it's literally anything goes. And when I say literally, I mean literally. Drop off, hired muscle, panic, evacuation, citizens thing. It's all here and extended. So, we'll talk about standard in a second. If you roll up to an extended event, be prepared to see that stuff. Yep. It's it's a it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the banned and restricted list and then we'll come back and kind of give some overall thoughts here. So, again, on the organized play tab of the website on timemassgames.com, they have a banned and restricted list. And I'll go ahead and kind of this is something we've seen before. But this new list takes effect on 6.30. They, have, they even have it listed here. Mm-hmm. During all organized play events, a player may include two components from the restricted list in their roster or squad corresponding to the timeline being used for the event. They may not include components of the ban list being used for the corresponding timeline in the event. So, like again, extended, anything goes. There is no restricted, there is no banned. Now then, standard timeline. So, in addendum to the tactics cards that had the Spider-Man symbol, that didn't get reprinted, yada yada. And also, shout out to whoever does Cerebro MCP, because that person was on the ball with getting these things updated and they have everything in there highlighted red is banned and yellow is restricted. So just go check that out. It's really great, really well done. And if you have any discrepancies, you can get on one of the discords and message the the guy that runs it. But overall 
he does a fantastic job. So, so he already updated everything over there. And I'm sure whatever app you use to make rosters and stuff has already done it as well. But that's just the one I use. You know, it's just, so check it out. Anyways, the standard timeline restricted cards. And you can take up to two of these things from this list. And it's two things total from this list. Infinity Gem Reality. Infinity Gem Space. Team Tactic Card Advanced R&D. Team Tactic Card Brace for Impact. Which that one didn't change. Look at that. Team Tactic Card Disarm. Team Tactic Card Indomitable. Team Tactic Card Patch Up. Team Tactic Card Sacrifice. So that's your new restricted list. Only two things from that list can be in your roster. Now the yep. ban list got a little bit of an update here. So panic grips the city as evacuation efforts continue, still banned. However, we have got a new crisis card banned, and that is Mystic Wakandan Herbs, fact or fiction. No more turn one herb plays to solve. God, thank you. <laughs> man. I, oh, man. The, and and th this card, I feel like two things. One, it was very restrictive, I think, from a design space perspective to try to make turn one herb plays not happen. However, I think this is on here specifically because of Nick Fury and the Grunts. Um, I don't think it's specifically that. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, like, they have to constantly update like stuff the the new one is uh what the uh to me my executioner or whatever it is yes my executioner yes people are already talking about how how to use that to make herb one plays and i think it's just like look like these cards are not made to do this and for the most part the herb plays are really good versus the uninitiated yes uh so if you don't have a plan for it you probably just get blown out in a game and that's not fun uh, I don't think they want this game to have blowouts like that. Um, and if you do have an answer, I mean, you just play a normal game of MCP. So, like, I don't really think that has, a, like, a lot of space in, in their vision for the game. So they're like, why would we keep a card in here that keeps doing that? Like, people keep trying to break this card. Let's just make it <laughs> sure you can't break it anymore. Exactly. I, I think that's exactly it. But let's talk about this banned and restricted list now. We'll talk about the restricted cards, right? So, mm -hmm. this added a lot of stuff here, right? The Infinity Gems, Reality and Space being restricted now. I mean, that yeah. is straight nerf to Thanos and the Black Order, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And the Splash. The Splash Black Order and the Splash Thanos. Exactly. Because it wasn't the only way to do it, but you had... Mr. Thanos, Mind and Reality, was a popular splash. Also, Mrs. Thanos, Mind and Space, which I've never heard him called that, but that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> the, the Mind and Space Thanos were very popular splashes. So what you have now, if you put that into your list, if you put the, the let's even say Space Reality, I mean, that's your two restricted slots. Now you don't Senior have access. Thanos. Huh? In your Thanos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh 
which I don't think most people run in that. But either way, you would take up two of your restricted card slots at that point, right? So now you don't have things like advanced R&D, which maybe you had a play for. Now you don't have brace for impact or patch up, which let's talk about patch up for a second. You know, what's not on this restricted list? Field dressing and med pack. And you know why they're not? Because they have Spider-Man symbols. Yep. So the only healing from a tactics card that is unaffiliated and doesn't require anything is patch up now. That's that card's gonna yep. be important. Yeah. I I definitely think that like it changes everything. Like just the the, the uninclusion of med pack is huge for how the game is currently played. Huge. And and look, I, I don't know how I'm I'm supposed to operate as a convocation player or even a web warriors player, but really convocation without the safety net that was field dressing. Yes. Like, Buy your stocks and kill lists because uh, those stocks are going up. Oh man, like like Guardians of the Galaxy was already in a strong position, but they might be exceptionally good now. With, with uh, sh- yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we can talk more about like kind of the strategy here, but let's talk about these cards here. So, sacrifice is one that was really popular in season seven as a like anti-Black Order tech, right? Yep. So that's one that I can see why it's on here because it functions like a bodyguard. It's really useful. It's really useful. And to have Orvis attack uh, Wong or something like that, you can prove useful. And then mm-hmm. Indomitable is another one that everybody's like, oh, this card's going to get restricted. It's going to get restricted. And I felt like for me... It's it's super good, right? I really like it. But that card getting restricted now means that those displacement t- type squads, Web Warriors specifically, I mean, you've got to really make some decisions if you're playing into Web Warriors or if you expect to see Web Warriors because their displacement is through the roof. And not being able to shut that off once with an Indomitable is huge. Yeah, Uh Indomitable is, uh, I honestly didn't expect that. Well, it was really popular at first. Yeah. And then it tapered off. And and I can see it being really useful for some teams, like for the the taller teams, because you you really can't afford to be displaced, right? Exactly, yeah. But these wider teams and stuff, I mean, oof. uh, I'm surprised that it, it got restricted. I really am. I, I'm a little surprised too. I, I didn't think it needed to be. I was about half and half. Like it's it's not a problem that it's restricted to me, but it's just something like really. I mean, it could have been okay. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I I think a big part of it is that it effective. If it's not restricted, it's just your second brace for impact. Exactly. Because I can't tell you how many times I've tried to like throw someone at someone, and they're like brace for impact, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna throw someone else into someone else, like. Indomitable. I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm out your Let me eat you. <laughs> Somebody needs the eating. No. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I'm right there with you. And as someone who plays that way, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sad to see this on this list. Um, another one I want to talk about here is Advanced R&D, right? That was one of those cards that when they made the change to where the active character has to be the one to spend for it, 
it felt like the way to keep it off the restricted list, right? Yeah. But now here it is. And I don't play advanced R&D anymore, but I feel like this is here, again, as a, as a way to kind of limit some of the shenanigans that have been going on recently, right? Yeah. And it's a way to keep me and Kenny down. <laughs> that too. That too. Trying to just push, push advanced R&D more, more, more down. I mean, if y'all would yeah. record more. <laughs> well, we're restricted. I said you're restricted now. There you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about this though? Do you feel like this is a direct response to, to specific black cat shenanigans or something else? I, I think it's just more general stuff. Like, you know, I don't think, like, just like Wakanda Herbs, I don't think it was for a reason. I think it's just hard to, like, keep these cards in mind, or or especially R&D, in mind, like, all the time when making new stuff. Like, yeah, obviously there's certain characters they don't want turned on turn one, right? Like, there's some superpowers you just want to, but they're, they're for a little bit later. And how do you price that appropriately when they can be splashed in something like Steve or Dormammu, and then you can get advanced R&D, and then you can get Wong, and, like, there's just all these layers of different things that you can add to, like, make these things more power efficient. So why not just make it harder to do the easiest one, which is advanced R&D? Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's talk about, like, some strategies and stuff around this restricted list now. and. You mentioned Wong. It, does advanced R and D now being restricted mean that we'll see more Wong finally and the healing situation? Um, maybe. Uh, I definitely think healing stocks are up, right? Like, I think splashes for Doctor Strange and Hood. Uh, I think we could see more of those potentially because they're oh, both yeah. good characters. But now they're even better with med- being med pack on a stick. Yep. Wong is a maybe. His issue is he only contributes support. And he kind of wants something more out of a two threat. Hey, but there's potential. Don't hate on my immortal Wong, okay? He tanks oh, Ghost Rider chains of damnation like nobody else. Dude, I, I'm terrified of Wong. My Wong killed a Hulk. Yeah, like Wong can do some, some whack shit, but <laughs> uh, like I think for the for for the most part, like most people are are not going to value his pure support playstyle. I think a lot of people in the competitive meta don't support, don't respect pure support and defensive tech better, or, or as much as they could. Yeah. Um, there's a whole theory behind that. It makes sense, but uh, sure. Right, that's that's I, a I, podcast for another time. Yeah. That exactly. Um, but I, I think we could see more Wong, but I think you'll see more Strange in Hood first. Yeah, I think. And then, Hood we'll, is... then you might see him probably like the main candidate to see an uptick in play because he's only three threat. He can go from support to DPS really well. And I'm excited to see more hood because I like hood as a character and Mm. I I am constantly in and out as to whether or not he's in my list. It's insane. And with these changes, I'm more and more and more and more like, all right, I've got to find room for hood. (laughs) Yeah, you know? I, I've considered trying to get one of the two in there uh, in my current build. It, it it's it's very good to be able to heal. Um, yeah, even at the I, expense I think, of a bleed token. Yeah, even through the the bleed. I I think the only thing is I think there's going to be a lot of teams like Black Order right now. You know, they're more tooled to one shotting you than picking you down. 
I think we might see an uptick in those kind of strategies, and healing does nothing for you without uh, field dressing. Um, so we'll see how it works out. I think we'll see it, but it's it's in the short term, but the long term is what I'm I'm more thinking it may yeah. not be as popular. And and here's a fun thing that I'll say: if you're a newer player, I keep going back to this because I feel like this is something that it's easy for you and me who have been here for as long as we have to kind of get caught up on how this affects us, right? But mm -hmm. if you're a newer player, this is a great time to start to kind of get into that competitive mindset and to start to play with these banned and restricted lists, this standard timeline stuff, because it's the Wild West. Like, we don't know what is going to, quote-unquote, be good, right? Like, I look at the space and reality gems as a nerf to Black Order, sure, but does that mean Black Order all of a sudden is not good? No. No. Not at all. They still have a lot of really good tools, and, I mean, there's an argument now for a single gem Thanos, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not much of a Black Order player. I've played into it enough, but I'm not much of a Black Order player. But all I'm saying is, if you're a newer player and you're looking at this and it seems kind of daunting... And, and maybe you haven't played a ton and you've only got like one event under your belt or e even no events under your belt. Now's the perfect time to experiment and, and find what's going to work because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think there's any hard defined meta in Marvel Crisis Protocol. I do not think that. I have not thought that. All right. However, now is when literally the people that were comfortable with what they were doing are going to be uncomfortable again. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is just a really fun and exciting time that we're going to see. And even as experienced players like us, Merzane, I don't know what I'm going to see in this league. Like, no more advanced R&D? Like, I don't have to worry about the Thanos splash as much anymore? Sign me up. Uh, spoiler alert, probably a lot of Shadowlands Daredevil. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's in my list. Yeah, his, um, I'd already been hearing people talk, weird meta thing, to hear people talk about him for his leadership. Now there's no way to defend yourself against him. Ugh. A lot of that. Yeah. His stock, up. Guardians, up. Black Order, Neutral? <laughs> I think up. Yeah. And, and I think the splash is down. Yes, I agree with you. And I, I think that, the, the runaway hope to survive style of game that I don't want to say has been prevalent because it hasn't been, but that we've seen at times, you know, the, my web warriors, my beloved web warriors and how I play them. I know there's other people out there looking at you, Aaron, who plays them a little more aggressively at times. That's uh, aggressive at web warriors is a thing, but uh, you know, the, the kind of survive, right? Trying to just stay alive. That's I think a little harder to do now. And I find it interesting. And I'm just really interested to see how all this shakes out. I am too. I'm really excited to see how, like, the game, the, the game has essentially changed. Like, again, the game constantly changes. Most most games competitively will change all the time. Uh, and Marvel's no exception. But this is going to be a huge shakeup, and I'm really excited to uh, play in it. I, I'm scared. I'm <laughs> actually shaking frightened at the loss of field dressing because uh now big dice spikes can just absolutely swing a game 
But exactly. at the same time, they might they might shine in my favor. So who knows? Exactly. Uh, see, and that's the thing. You know, the swinginess of the dice in this game was already impactful, but now I feel like it's that much more impactful. You know what I mean? Like it, it's insane because there's no. There's no way to like threaten to like, oh, you took out my guy on that big spike out of nowhere. Well, there's no way to threaten to bring that back. And that's huge to me. And, yep. you know, with the way I play and, and the squad I bring, you know, I play more attrition these days overall. Like I, I play attrition with a side of control is how I like to think about it. But I, I don't table my opponent. That's not my game. It's not to table my opponent. It's to put enough pressure on them from attacks, maybe get a lucky daze, like a, you know, maybe one shot a Gamora randomly with a good dice, right? Stuff like that. And so doing that, it really, it's, it's, it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. I, I don't know where I was going with that other than it's interesting. But, <laughs> but Merzane, I want to ask you now, do you have anything else to say kind of about what might shake out from this list before we kind of talk about some more broader topics? Um, I think I kind of hit it. Like, right now, it's it's hard to say. You know, I, I think a lot of players are going to have really hot takes, and they're going to make very definitive statements about how they think the meta is. And I'll be completely honest, I'm not sure. Um, we have lost a lot of what are essentially like fundamental building blocks of the game from a very early time in the game. Uh, and it's the it's the first time the game's really shaken out without these cards, um, like field dressing and mid pack, and with you know limited or restricted reality and space. Like they're the first time we've had infinity gems like that. Um, yeah, exactly. So I don't know exactly what to expect. I I, I don't want to like make too many hard and fast uh, hot takes. I I have so, you know those predictions I made here, but other than that, I just. I'm not sure. I'm I'm open to watching right now. Yeah. Oh, it's I mostly fear. Fear <laughs> of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. But excitement indeed. as well. Yeah. So I, I do have two other things I want to bring up. One is the loss of field dressing. Uh, this is me, I guess, making a definitive statement, even though I'm not trying to. Is the loss <laughs> of field dressing a nerf to Hulk and She-Hulk? I think so, yes. I agree. Um, I think it's... I think it is... They're probably the characters most affected by it because... Like, obviously, being able to bring back your 20 health guy for a turn to be able to uh, to, to wreak havoc and then die again is can be really impactful. Yes. Uh, but it also meant that you could be more reckless with them and get to that situation. And now you can't. Now you got to play really careful. Exactly. Um, and, and that's my thing with that one specifically, right? Is so previously when Hulk first came out, it was, oh, yeah, whenever he loses his 20 health, you just remove him off the board. That's how... Everyone was playing it. And there was a rules ruling that was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He still technically gets dazed. Well, now, just because he technically gets dazed doesn't mean anything. You can literally remove him from the board. There is nothing that will bring him back from being dazed. I'm, yep. Don't, because he's still a piece of terrain at that point that you can throw something into, more or less. But, like, yep. I'm just saying, like, he, he takes up space, so there is a reason not... But functionally it's over at that point he did yeah so very interesting and then second of all another like odd inclusion here is disarm and yeah like 
the one tool that you had to like, hey, super murder team, chill out over there is now on the restricted list. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? I, I, I think that this is AMG's way of saying we want to see more aggressive lists. Like, we want to see more kill, more death, more hurt. Um, you know, we don't want to see people point sitting and not interacting. We want you to be in the fight, rolling dice, characters being removed from the table, characters being thrown around. You know, that's what they envisioned with this game. Superhero and, battles. Yep. And it's it's tactical and, you know, um, there's, there's definitely a place to have, like, control teams, obviously, like Web Warriors, but they definitely want you to be beating the ever-loving crap out of each other as often as possible, and I think this is one step towards that. Removing some of those cards that were making it less valuable because you could just undo the work and uh, also harder to do in general, like with this arm. Yeah. And while it's painful for the for players that want to play safe like me, uh, I think it's overall going to make the game better and more in line with the original vision of I want to throw superhero dollies at each other. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now for our last little bit of a discussion point here. How do you feel about standard, extended, and, and how, how do you feel that this is going to affect the game going forward? And, and let's start with how you feel about standard and extended. And, and like, is this like a Magic the Gathering style seasons kind of thing that we're going to see more often and things will will be cycled out more regularly now or do you think this is like a once a year update kind of thing uh i imagine it won't be more than once a year uh but i do like i have actually used the magic the gathering standard analogy uh given it has the exact same name <laughs> so it's <laughs> well, a very easy comparison so for um, those that don't play magic what what is what is this reference so Magic, you'll hear people talk about formats. Um, the two you probably hear the most about are Commander, which is a fun, casual multiplayer format, and Standard. Uh, standard is kind of like timelines. You are only allowed to use certain sets, uh, typically the most recent sets. Um, and there's some way they do it. I don't know how. I don't remember how they do it anymore. Uh, but then there's other sets like uh, Modern or Pioneer or Legacy, which allow older sets up to a certain cutoff uh, that are also popular. But Standard is typically the one most people get into because it's it, the newest set is in it. Um, it's typically lower power level, but we're not going to go super deep into that. Um, but that's what I get the feeling of this this Standard timeline is that it's going to somewhat mirror that philosophy of it's going to be some of the newer stuff um with a with the you know the update packs which mimic the magic the gathering core packs where they'll take old cards and inject them back into the the standard format. Right. I think that's what the core pack is for. Yeah. Um and I think that that's a good thing. <laughs> okay. I I think that, you know, we talked about it with R&D and Wakanda Herbs, right? Like, sometimes certain things are going to bog down the game, design space, and you just got to let them go. And I think there's two ways you can do that. You can rotate them out, like they have, 
or you can have like a three mile long ban list or a three mile long restricted list. And I think it looks really bad for the game if there's a huge ban list. Uh, the standard format is basically a long ban list when you look at the way the format like rotates stuff out and then right. they're going to just bring stuff back in. But it looks a lot better. Uh, and it feels a lot cleaner than saying, here is 30 things that we cannot, that we are no longer right. going to allow you to play. Right. It opens up the door for there to be modern legacy, pioneer, uh, whatever they decide to call them, golden age or silver age, you know, that kind of like in hero clicks. Right. It opens up the door for there to be older formats where some of these cards are allowed so that you can kind of get the old stuff, the old feel again, uh, without messing with what the main, like modern version of the game is supposed to feel like. Yeah, I see that. I definitely like that they do something like this. I think that ultimately it is a healthy thing to, like you said, to kind of, you know, not be operating with one hand tied behind your back from a design perspective, right? So I think that's really good. I I definitely feel like it was a little heavy-handed in uh, yeah. how some of this has gone. And this is one of those things where I'm all for, like, saying tactics cards, different crisis, stuff like this. But, like, you know, with taking out herbs, and, and I'm certainly on board with herbs being banned. Like, I'm okay with that. But now we have nine extract crises and 13 secure crises, I think. That's a pretty big disparity. So, like, I could see if we don't get more crises, different crises soon, then I, I could feel like that it could get a little stagnant in that way. Now, I, again, an AMG I trust, I'm sure they have a plan in place. But, like, that kind of thing frustrates me. I think that, honestly, you're going to see more extracts get canned than secures like extracts are just the hardest to balance when you when you can pick up the objective and deny them from your opponent and we, you you touched on it when you can run away with them yeah and not interact it makes it hard to make the perfect scenario where it's fair it's interactive uh and also tactical um yeah whereas a secure it just sits there in a shape it's hard to break a shape. It's possible, but it's hard. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so I feel like if we're, I feel like we're, we'll probably honestly never see a band secure, but we will probably see more band extracts. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I, I completely agree with that statement, but it's just one of those things where I just want to see more. I want to see the parody. I don't want to see, you know, hammers cubes and spiders all the time I'm not saying we will i'm just using those as examples right like yeah hammers are going to be everywhere everybody loves a hammer you'll see it all the Love time hammers. it's know, the best it's my favorite it's it's just fun so there you go but anyways you know so i'm with you on that and in terms of how i think that this could go going forward you know rotating stuff in and out seems great however the moment they start banning characters that's probably where i'll have a problem i agree i i think there's a big difference between hey i put this cardboard in a sleeve and i go play with it and hey i 
built this model from itty bitty pieces and painted it and have put it on the table and traveled with it and made room for it in my foam bag and put all this love and care into it and customized it and have have gone on adventures with it in the game and now I can no longer play it. And and I love that you went that direction with it because I'm over here like and I paid $35 for it. <laughs> well, sometimes people pay $35 for a card. So, I look, I <laughs> fair. Trading card player, trading card game player, I had a 10 card uh cart last night. I was looking at that was $800. I was trying my best to not pull the trigger on. I didn't because I have, you know, Nashcon and LVO coming up. I just dropped some money on some cardboard, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm with you. And so that's kind of like, as long as we don't see something like that, then I'd be okay. And and look, if AMG, if they're listening to this, I don't know if they are. If they're listening, and you're like, well, we were planning on banning like Thor or something. Well, look. Why not just do what you did before and rebalance the character instead of ban it? Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I've heard some people say, you know, why not rebalance the card? Like, why do we have to ban MedPack? Why couldn't we just change it? Well, now we can. Like, we've already done that with some cards. And I think it's fine for mainstays like, you know, Ricochet Blast. Like, how are you going to – you can't just make Ricochet Blast 2, you know. But now they have the option to make Field Dressing 2, but as, like, a different theme and with a different, you know, balancing mechanic. Like, uh, you know, just throwing it out there. Maybe it's four cost from the character that died when they died specifically. So yeah. you can't do it later on the turn or something. But it's not field dressing anymore. Maybe it's like one more chance. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, it does mecha- open up a lot. Yeah. These mechanics can come back in a more fair, uh, balanced way with a higher cost. Uh, and you're not bogged down by the old card thematic and the old card printing, which I think, you know, is one of the problems with the errata they did with like Ricochet Blast and everything is now there's old cards running around with the wrong tech. And exactly. it's hard to tell which one's the right one unless you uh, bought the card pack. But some people may not know that. But it's very easy to tell the car- the character cards difference when they are sideways instead of upright. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyways, I, I feel like that this is one of those things that we, you know, we're in the Wild West for a little while, and I think it's going to be fun. And, you know, one of the things that this did for me was it allowed me to bring new cards into my roster that I hadn't considered because I felt like I needed field dressing and I needed these other things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I'm glad to see, see that change. And in terms of, like, standard versus extended Merzane, let me ask you, would you go to an extended event? Um, I would not travel for an extended event. <laughs> Same. I may I may play like a more narrative extended event locally, or if someone's like, "Hey, I never get to play drop off. I'd really like to try that that style." I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. Uh, but I I wouldn't be if I went to like Adepticon or something. I wouldn't be excited to play in an extended tournament. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there, and it's one of those things where look it. They're your models, they're your games, it's your scene. You do whatever you want. I'm I'm certainly not standing here telling you how to play your game, how to enjoy your game. Personally, Extended does nothing for me. 
because I do agree with AMG that the the reason why a ban and restricted list exists is to limit negative play experiences. And I feel like extended will be rife with negative play experiences. If you go into it knowing what to expect, by all means, have a good time. It can be fun. And that's the thing. Like I play extended, quote unquote, when I'm just playing casually, having fun, trying new stuff out. But I still honor the ban and restricted list when I'm doing that in a sense. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? Like, yeah, it's a weird way to say that. But like, play the game however you want to play. But I will probably not be traveling to an extended event unless it's like something like the what if event that they did at Adepticon. Like that sounded really fun, but it was like understood that this is, this is the limits we're putting on it here. We're still honoring the ban and restricted list, but we're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. I, I, I would totally, I totally be down. Like I see the what if event, like maybe drop off's not so bad in that format. You never know. Right. Exactly. It sounds wacky enough as it is, you know, I'm willing to try stuff like that. But like, if you're, if you're going to advertise, you know, a state away like hey we're just doing a sunday tournament that is extended format no i'm just gonna stay home <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but as for standard i think this is what we're going to see the majority of going forward and i'm excited for it i am very excited for it i think this uh i think this is overwhelmingly a positive thing for the game nice nice uh-huh. yeah i think it's gonna be fun and i think that's about all we've got for for this iteration of the show here i think we've rambled on long enough i hope suits that you have enjoyed this discussion because it's kind of an interest I, an interesting discussion you know what i mean like it, there's there's a lot of minutiae here to this stuff and i hope that we were able to break it down for you as best that we could there's probably stuff that we didn't cover that we maybe should have but you know let us know send us messages again housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com comment on Facebook on the post when I make the post for the show or just in general, send us messages on Facebook. Let us know. Check out the Discord, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol, and you can get access to our Discord there. Check that out and and come and be a part of just my favorite place on the internet, honestly. So, and, and I know I'm biased, <laughs> but it, it really Hold is my little. favorite place on the internet. Tag me with a picture of a mega red saying why you think I'm wrong. I'm okay with this. There you go. Especially a close up of where the tentacles come out of his arm. That's his favorite part. Favorite part. Anyway. I'm shuddering. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine the sound they make as they come out too. No. No, I've never considered the sound, but it's definitely wet. Think think about the sound. Like when they're coming out fast, it probably doesn't sound like anything. It probably just sounds weird. But think about when it's coming out slow. No. Just like no. that metal and then the skin. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Go to sleep with that at night. Anyways. Anyways, check all that out. Have fun with that. And uh, we hope to see you guys soon. And again, let us know what y'all think of these changes, what you think of the Challenger packet, what you think of Standard, what you think is going to be good versus bad. I want to hear all of it. Send us those messages, posts, comments. Discord messages, all that fun stuff. And with that, party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.